Are we good to go? Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So hello, everybody. Welcome to the Talk to Danielle podcast. I am your host, Danielle C. Baker. And today I have a very special guest on. We're going to be talking about uh, our strengths and how to harness our strengths and and uh, just become the best person that we can be uh, with our upcoming book as well. We'll be able to talk about this. I have uh, Dorothy Atema with me today. Thank you so much, Dorothy, for joining me today. You're welcome. <laughs> now, before we start with the uh, the interview and the questions that I have for you, for everybody who is listening, make sure to like, follow, or subscribe to the channel you're listening to. And I always invite you to join in on the conversation, even if it's after the recording. Uh, so write your stories in, your, uh, in the comments below. Just don't be afraid to talk to me and talk to us and get the conversation going. So thank you again, Dorothy, for joining me in. And before we get into the, what, the work that you do and what you have coming up, can you tell us your story a little bit and how you got here? Okay, so I'm from Kenya, grew up a rural girl, a preacher's kid. <laughs> and um, somehow in my teenage, I became very wild and my dad got me, uh, one time caught me drunk, smelling cigarettes and decided to ship me 400 kilometers away to go and live with my uncle. And I thought he's rejected me. And you know, uh, research shows that rejection is the most painful pain any human being can go through. So that's yeah. how my story begins. I, I grew up then from, when, from 19 years. When I look back, I think it was very traumatic. But from then I grew up and fast forward, I got married to a colleague. And fast forward, I found myself in the Netherlands. And that's where my story begins. When I came to the Netherlands, the first uh, day I was in Netherlands, I went through a traumatic, another traumatic situation with the immigration. And so I experienced it again as rejection. And it found a soft landing in me because I already had this root of rejection from my father. So I, I went into depression, five years depression, and I had no idea. I was having a normal life and I got a very big job. I was coordinating for an international organization, a network for women activists in Asia, in Middle East, in Africa, having a time of my life, everybody thought that I was in depression. And that's where my life begins because after the five years, my marriage was almost crashing. I went looking for help. And uh, I went to my local church and they had some, some program in Dutch and I, my dad wasn't even that very, very good, but I decided I, I could take anything to help me. <laughs> so yeah. I, went into, I went into that. It was a group therapy. Uh, it was a group therapy program. I went into the program and in, I think, one month, I was healed of my depression. See, my symptoms were, I was very unhappy. I was very angry. I was very, I had a great resentment. I hated the white people, the Dutch people to whom my husband is Dutch. I had a son who was Dutch. So I was so conflicted in so many yes. ways. You know, as a Christian, I'm supposed to love people. I had this rage and resentment. And, and in about one month, everything went from mm. a group therapy coaching you know and that's where my life really began 
Wow, that is an incredible story. I, that's what I like about interviewing. I would have never thought of that with seeing you and seeing your work that you had such a, a trying life to, be, to start. And that happens a lot to people, especially I'm happy you mentioned that you were going through depression and you didn't even know it because that's the story for many people who are going through depression to say, I have everything going right for me. I have this life that everybody says that's the life we're supposed to have, but yet I'm unhappy. So you think there's something wrong with you, but no, you're right. It is. Those are signs that we need to recognize. You talked about coaching because you are in the coaching and consulting business now, and this is a business that's growing so much in the last few years. Uh, what I've come to learn as being a coach and a consultant as well is it's not for everybody. It's more of a calling than, yes. you know, it, it's not cut out for everybody. So how, um, how did you know that this coaching side of things, it was right for you? It's funny, I do believe the place where you're hurting, the place where you're broken, that's your ministry. I really do believe it because I was so broken and I found out that actually why I was going through all this rejection, the root cause was in the traumas of my youth, (laughs) you know? And how easy it was to come out of coaching. I couldn't believe it. So what I did, I volunteered to work in this program because I was very busy as a career woman for four years. And I really enjoyed That's why I got a kick from, that's why I got joy from seeing people changing. I went around recruiting people, anybody who had any problem, or even if you didn't have a problem, (laughs) (laughs) you have to go through this coaching program. You will develop, you will grow. And that's how, you know, after, after, after some years, we moved from Netherlands to Luxembourg and my husband, we moved because my husband was working there and I offered to do it for free, to coach for free. That's how I discovered this is my calling. This is what I love doing. You know, as my husband moved again from Luxembourg and moved again to Belgium, now that's when I really started a coaching business because then I realized this is what I want to do because now it had reached a place I have to decide what do I want to do in life? Mm-hmm. Luckily, and luckily, I had actually even taken a training, a master's program with coaching in it. So I was already even trained. I had, uh, but I was working as an executive coach, you know, mm-hmm. which is different from what I do now. But but that informs a lot. I got all the skills you would you would want to know in coaching from a master, that master's program. Read about all sorts of different coaching uh, techniques and tools and. Mm-hmm. equip myself yes that's wonderful and, you, and you're right this, what this the thing is it's not an easy job to, to keep going but when you see the results when you see the people uh, yes. evolving and and healing it's so gratifying it's so heartwarming mm-hmm. that it just keeps you going yeah now a lot of the work that you do that i've seen so far is you work on in terms of succeeding in work and in life you talk a lot about focusing on our strengths because we often focus on what we're not good at, but you really take it on a different angle and you say, let's harness your strength and and, and grow from there. Uh, Can you share your thoughts on why it's so important to focus on our strength uh, as opposed to what we're not good at? I just stumbled on this information from a, from, from a, a a writer. I think Mm -hmm. he's a bookseller, bestseller data together some research they have done together with harvard about how 
the conventional thing we all know where you're told that uh, focus on your weaknesses because that's where the opportunities are, but it is not right. It is not correct. And I thought, what? Because I was a leader for a very long time and that's what I used to teach people, you know, fo focus on strengthening your weaknesses. That's where your opportunities are and, and all that. And that really changed my perception. And they say, and I believe, you see your strength is where you get your energy, is what you're wired for, really. Yeah. It's what you're wired for. And many of us don't know because the, the conventional work, working places don't focus on that at all. They focus either on what you do best, according to what is available in the work, in the working floor. Nobody is yeah. really taking their time to, to, to leave you free to find out what do I do best. And I enjoy doing it. Because you can do something very well, but you don't enjoy doing it. <laughs> but if you do sure. something so well and you enjoy it, it gives you strength. It gives you inspiration. That's what, you, that's what your strength is. And it's good because it helps you to keep off from comparing yourself from other people. <laughs> it keeps, <laughs> keeps you off from stress. And many people are happy. And it says that many people are resilient. They are more engaged. They are more creative when you're, when you're, when you're focused on your strength. That's, that's true. It's when it doesn't feel like work, you're, you're willing to put in the extra work or go the extra mile because you know you're, you're doing it. You feel great. And it's appreciated. Yes. So it's, it's a great leadership skill too. Uh, when you focus on the entire team's strength, uh, it yes. puts everything together. Yeah. There's, uh, there's another thing that you mentioned a lot, and I really like this part because that I work on that as well. Is when um, it's our sense of identity that that makes it, it possible for us. To to make changes in our lives because we are constantly evolving we're growing and if when we're solid on who we truly are our sense of identity it, it makes it easier to make some changes can you uh, can you tell us more about that how how that sense of identity is important yeah i i struggled a lot before i came to this because as i coach people some people change so easily and some people really struggle go even through a program of eight weeks and come out the same you know, so yeah. I started reading around and I found out that really the sense of identity you have, that there's so much codependency in us. Many of us, some of us, the codependency is from when we were growing up. Our identity, sense of identity is always attached to somebody else or something else or something external where you live, who, who you associate with, what you dress mm -hmm. in, what you drive, how much money you make, you know. And, and sometimes our husbands, our children, our neighborhoods. And so if, if your sense of, 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 of identity is not centered in who you are at the core, you will want to change because of those external things into yeah. something that, that is not really you. And that, no wonder then you will struggle to change. But if you're changing because of who you are at core and you decide I'm going to change, then you become the boss of you and then it's easier to change because you're your boss. And if you fail, you have nobody else to blame. You take responsibility. 
pull up your bootstraps and and try again. <laughs> that's it. Yes, but I think you you probably that's when you say I have to go through it because it's your decision, right? It's easy to blame everybody else to to go through the change and say, "Oh, this is for me." But at that point, like you said, you put your bootstraps. And uh, what uh, I'm curious to know from your your experiences is uh, what makes people so resistant to change? So many people that are struggling or that are unhappy, that are resentful. Uh, but they they still live the same life. They tolerate it for years and years until something happens that that forces them to change. Why do you think, from what you see, uh, what makes people so resistant to change? Yeah, sometimes people resistant to change of their not of their own volition. Sometimes it's just circumstances. Some of them have a lot of suppressed pain. If you have a lot of suppressed pain, it can fester and become invisible an invisible barrier that you need to flesh out fast before you can really make any change. So there's several uh, things that make us assistant to change. Sometimes it is our perception, the way we grew up, you know, the way we, we behave. And some people find it difficult to confront those perceptions or behaviors that you grew up that you could not challenge when you're a kid growing up. But now <laughs> you're a grown-up, you're being forced by circumstances to change, to, to confront and to change. And some people find it difficult. And that becomes a resistance to change. I've seen that. And sometimes you have some hang-ups, some habits, maybe you are addic- you are some addictions, some hearts. Those are also resistant to change. Sometimes you do need to, to, to work on those. Um, and if you're frightened to take any risk, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you if you fear to take any risk, it's also really, it's, a, it's, it's one of the barriers, a resistance to change. Most of the people, those are the, the things that sometimes they might need to work out through that. And that's why we have so many coaching programs everywhere. They're trying to help people to go back into the traumas you've had before, the hearts you've had before to get rid of hangups. And that's why the coaching programs, programs some of them, especially those who are very well um, strategically, have very good strategically proven strategics, help people mm-hmm. to change because they help you to flesh out all these resistance to change barriers. Yes, and you really said something very important here because I was one that five years ago, four years ago, I would have said I would never invest into coaching. Why would I need that? I'm fine. But it's when I, you kind of have to hit rock bottom sometimes, but when I did get coaching, it just changed everything because they could call me out on my stories and my fears and all that. And I was, my ego just didn't want to accept that. I was like, no. <laughs> but yes, the coaching programs do help and you find the right coach for you and, and it, it just it does change everything. And that leads me to my next question is, you know, what kind of transformation have you seen in your clients going through uh, your coaching and your consulting? Well, my, my, my clients, uh, my program is all round. So the things I see in my clients is they they get uh, spiritually grounded and happy. You know, if I yes. just mentioned the things that are visible, you know, uh, 
if if somebody had burdens like like heart like grief you see that grief lifted up the burden lifted up you know and they they are comforted because they do group coaching they even get sisterhood connections accountability people they can connect with um and people really getting the the one that i love most is when people get really inwardly peaceful that's something so you can never buy that you know yeah getting inwardly peaceful by by getting to the root of what is it, what is eating you up being secure especially you know just being secure by knowing who you are getting to accept yourself have the self confidence uh and mm. and and just stand out knowing you are worth you are worthy of respect you know yeah and 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 just being centered um what i call centered is just like you're content with where you are and knowing where you're going but also being compassion because you know the mistakes you did and you you can you can be compassionate to you can be it, it, it the the program helps you so much that you will not condemn another person <laughs> that's right through, you know you you yeah. come out of all your denials and just yes we are all broken we are all hurting we are all made mistakes so you you come out also compassionate to other people who are going through stuff yes and that is so important when you stop because that is a i call it a victim response when you every, everybody's it's everybody's fault for what you're going through or everything gets to you. And when it's, it's not easy to get there, but when you get to that point where you're just to say, no, this is all me at the end of the day, it's my yes. decision. Uh, yes. It does uh, lift that burden off of your shoulders. You feel so light. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, it kind of brings me into, because we talk about coaching and life transformations. We've gone through hard times and now things are going great, but what kind of challenges when you decided to switch into the coaching business and writing your book? Um, what are the, I like to, to kind of keep it real and say it wasn't all pretty and fun the entire time. What, no. kind of challenges, what kind of challenges did you face when you made that transition? You know, I started off by doing coaching for free. So I would go even to churches, get women who have problems and coach them for free, you know? So yeah. you can imagine after years and years of coaching for free, now transitioning, it was quite a challenge for me to think, okay, how much am I going to charge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, from, from even how to charge, uh, how to even formulate... The, the biggest challenge I remember was I really wanted to come with a program first and then get clients, you know, because now I had to, I had to, to tweak my, my coaching from the free coaching program and now mm -hmm. go into now my business, my brand. And I was thinking, okay, my brand then was for a broader audience than the ones I was just focusing on maybe in churches or in women's group and all that. Um, yeah. that, that was quite a challenge for me to, to get a click that sometimes you need to get the group and then get the program. You know, you don't need to, <laughs> you need to have a program ready because you are ruminating on a program for months. <laughs> That's true. And then to get the clients, to get the clients, even now it is still a challenge, especially because now I had to transition from face-to-face -to, -face to online. How do people get to trust you? Mm -hmm. You know, just, just building the trust. Uh, 
And and being in Europe, it's even more challenging being in Europe because there are not so many coaches of my color. You know, people think, will she have something to do? So it, the, the biggest... The biggest uh, breakthrough for me has been because I because of the 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 testimonies from people mm-hmm. of all cultures because I've been coaching in Brussels now for almost three years so I have a, a wide spectrum of clients and most of the yeah. clients I get are I think I just even now are people who tell their sisters tell their their friends tell their colleagues um, about my coaching yes. Yeah, and that's, those are some real challenges. You're absolutely right, especially when it's kind of hard. We feel so guilty because we just want people to heal that we almost feel guilty to charge it. And it brings it down with your inner work to say, what is my worth? That is one of the biggest challenges. And, and then it's also the one where you build your audience and then build your programs because you could be spending months on a program and realize that nobody wants it. <laughs> so you just <laughs> wasted all of that time. So it's a hard concept. I'm glad you brought that up because it's just a reality <laughs> of what we go through. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Now you ha- you are working on a, a new, uh, an upcoming book, Invisible No More, uh, How to Stop Being a Victim and Take Control, Leave the Stress and Anger Behind. I love that because... Uh, we we love to play victim. We like to say that it's everybody else, yes. all these external sources that are causing our grief or our, our troubles. Can you talk to us a little bit more about your upcoming book? I'm really excited to see it. Yeah, so if, if you want to learn something about coming out of a victim, being a victim, you better buy a book of somebody who really played well the victim. <laughs> <laughs> outright i was such a victim i'd come from africa and then racism was such a big uh, i was such a big victim of the racism so big it was a mountain in there you know and only to go through coaching and realize nothing it 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 wasn't you know It, it was just like oh wow yeah so uh i wrote this book actually during the covid it is my story, how I came out of the victim mentality, how I came out of depression uh, uh, after five years. And it cuts through the chase on what you need to do to leave behind anger, resentment, victim mentality, depression. It is a how-to-do guide, and it contains everything you need to know, strategies that have been proven on how, and, and on steps to follow to come out of the victim mentality and unlock your your maximum potential. That is amazing. And it's coming from somebody who's lived through it and not just read a bunch of theories and put it together. You've actually lived it, tested it, and seen it with your clients. So that's amazing. And that what you said may uh, trigger some of the people that are listening to say that, you know, how could you be play the victim of everything that you've been through? But you're right, there's some perspectives that you could change, the, the way you see things that uh, will make it yes. easier on you. And it's great that you're Trisha. I can't wait to yes. see that book. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> um, with all of your your life experience and everything that you've been through, you've, you've gone through quite a bit. Um, what kind of wisdom would you like to share to give people so just to make their lives a little easier, uh, you know, moving forward? When I was, when, when, if I 
think about an advice to give, especially because my audience are not like where I came from in Africa, where there are people who are living on, on a one meal a day. Yeah. <laughs> There's only yeah. one wisdom that I really wish everybody knew this and everybody practiced this. You know, people go to Africa and they wonder, how can these people be so poor and they have joy, they have peace, you know? People don't go to therapy. People therapy, of course, we have a, we have a social network and society is arranged in such a way that you can never be depressed because there's always somebody to talk to, somebody to, mm-hmm. and we, you know. But still, you would go to the slums today in that one home where they're eating one meal a day and they will share it with you. Yeah. Without even thinking twice. They won't even have to to sit and think, oh, now we have just a meal for one day. We we, we can't give Dorothy. No, they they just give. And and the wisdom that I would like to leave our audiences today is poverty. I really believe this is the inability to share, inability Mm. to give. Whether it is resources, whether it is wisdom, whether it is knowledge, whatever, share anything, share with somebody else. If you do that, that gives you joy, that gives you peace, that makes you human, you know? But I I see people with so much killing themselves, very unhappy in Europe, and and I'm always having these questions, big questions, because I still go to Africa, (laughs) and I go to those poor, and I make sure I take my son to the slums, because I don't want my son to ever forget where, where we come from and the, and, the, and, the, and the poor people there, you know? And I take, them, I take him there and he comes home asking me, Mommy, how come they're so happy? And he, mm-hmm. by when he asked me that, he was 14 years old and he could see the difference, you know? Yeah. But the secret is knowing how to share. So let's share more. Let's share more. Yes. The little you have, don't hold back. Share. Yeah. Oh, that's a beautiful message because it is important. And there's so many people that you see that have everything. They live a comfortable life, but they could be considered poor because they just hold on to every little thing and they can't share. And it makes a difference when you feel great about what you're giving back. It's amazing. Uh, you kind of touched on my, my other question, um, uh, you know, what kind of knowledge you'd like to pass on to your children. You, you already taught one on, on with your son on never forget that uh, life can be great no matter what you're you're going through uh is there anything because i i like to, to say to parents like we're working on you to make a better life but these are things that should be passed down to your children as well so that their life becomes easier they have the tools when they become adults to overcome what we're overcoming now uh what kind of uh, advice would you give parents or what, what advice would you give children to be able to uh, avoid situations like this uh for my son for for young people what i do i even involve now my son in my coaching program because i've, I've even had to 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 take him through my coaching program and, and I have a version for the teenagers. Um, I think it's so important for, for the children to know who they are, their identity. Yeah. And to be able to see all sides of life is and not just from their tablets. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but real life. And uh, for me, I would like them, I'd like my the young people to follow their destiny. You know, Mm. 
I don't know how it's possible that you can let your child know you have a destiny, you have a purpose while you're here. That's the biggest message for my son. You have a purpose and you have to live your world better than I do. I always tell my son, your future, I can only dream of it. I will not be there and I don't know how it's going to be like, but I would like if I'm not there to come back and find you a compassionate person, a person who is making a change in your generation, positive change. That's beautiful. Yes, we need to hear that message that leave the world a better place than what you came into. That's one that's beautiful. Yeah, I could talk to you all day. I just love (laughs) the energy that you put into it. But uh, I do have one question before we go. And it's a question, it's a promise I made a little girl a few years back when she was interviewing me. And I promised her I would ask her, I would ask my guests that question every time I interview somebody. And that question is, what would you like to be when you grow up? Wow. What I would like to do, I would like to be like my daddy. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I will tell you why. My dad is 86 and he just stopped working uh, maybe three years ago. Oh, wow. Powerful working to make a difference in people's lives. His life has been just service for people. All the, of course, mm-hmm. being a preacher. Being, yeah. <laughs> you know, just having, having a completely selfless life serving people. I'd like to be like my daddy. Oh, that's beautiful. I love that. <laughs> it's funny. I love asking this question to adults because they, a lot of them will we'll actually have to stop and think, do, do you mean what I wanted to be when I was a little child? I was like, no, because we're constantly evolving. We're constantly changing. I love that. I love, I love it. Yeah. Because it's just beautiful. And I'm sure your father would love to hear that. wants to follow you to, to hear you know when your book is coming out or to to work with you how can they reach you how where can they follow you oh wow i, w- I would like to give your audience a, i have a downloadable version of my book and they can oh. already order it uh through uh www.bookinvisiblenormal.com you know oh, that's uh, beautiful. yes and and um you can follow me on LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter at Dorothy, at Dorothy Atama. Oh, that's beautiful. Wow, that's nice to, to get the, to offer a portion of your book like that. I will make sure to put that in the comments or in the description of the podcast so that people okay. can, can reach you or download your book or pre-order your book. That's wonderful. Yes. So again, yes. thank you so much for taking the time to meeting with me. Before we go, is there anything else that you would like to add or another you know, wisdom that you'd like to share before we go? No, thank you so much for, for inviting me. I really, you, you just have a lot of energy and I looked through your, your podcast and you have this wide diverse uh, people you have, you, have, you have interviewed and I'm glad to be part of them. You are doing something very extraordinary and I'm so glad oh, you invited me. Thank you so much, Dorothy. That means a lot to me. I, I, I cherish my guests so much because I learn just as much uh, from them and uh, I just, 
I didn't know where this was going to go when I started the podcast, but I'm, I'm just, I feel blessed with everything that's happened and all the beautiful people I've met so far. It's incredible. So thank you again. And for everybody who's watching or listening, make sure to look for that description or the comments to get the information to contact Dorothy if you'd like to work with her or know more about her beautiful work. And again, Dorothy, thank you so much for everybody watching. I will say until next time, stay safe, stay awesome, and we'll talk soon. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>